Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 137 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Los Angeles, West Coast. Finally, we are doing our first L.A. show. We're so excited about it, and we're doing it with our podcast twinsies, Can I Pet Your Dog? It's all going down on Sunday, November 5th at 7 p.m. at the Moroccan Lounge that is in downtown Los Angeles. Just go to our Facebook group for info because you get $5 off your tickets if you order them online and early. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast and then go to events. Click events on the left hand side. All the information's there or you can go to my website hallublin.com forward slash live. You'll see a link there to buy tickets, too. Our special guest for the show will be none other than Lil Janet Varney. We're so excited to finally do the show live in our hometown, and we hope you can join us. And don't forget, the day before that, that evening, the 4th of November, is going to be the Thrilling Adventure Hour benefit. So if you're coming into town for that, stay just a little bit longer for our show. You'll be glad you did. But for now, please enjoy episode 137 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Children's Show. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, do you have your cereal? Yes, I have my cereal. Is and there I, milk in it? Yeah, it's been in there for a while because I like it mushy and then oh, I drink good. it all. All right. Mm. You have your PJs on? <laughs> I do because I, I always wear PJs all the time because I'm a 40-year-old man who refuses to grow up. You know what? Yeah. Welcome to our Comic-Con life. Thanks. Um, we- <laughs> Is that what you think Comic-Cons are? <laughs> yeah, 40-year-old men who don't want to grow up. That's what I uh, am nearing, if not there, and that's what uh, most of the time is spent doing there, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm not wrong. Whatever. I'm not judging. You're going to take a lot of flack for that that I'm going to have to deal with online because you don't <laughs> get on Facebook. But whatever. We're talking about the kids' shows. This is suggested right. by Robert Monroe via email. I think, like... This is probably suggested close to when we started the show, so thanks for being patient, Robert. Yes, thank you, Robert. And uh, we are not alone to talk kids' shows. No. Because between the two of us, we could not watch every kids' show. No. We, but between the four of us, we can. <laughs> That's right. We've covered it all. Our guests are, uh, I would say, one-third of the first family of podcasting, and uh, <laughs> they are the co-hosts of Sawbones. And not only that, but their parents, so they get to bring unique perspective to it. It's Justin and Sydney McElroy. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for joining us, guys. It's our pleasure. Yeah, we're thrilled to be here. We uh we we were supposed to be on the show when we were on the cruise together. Yes, but I remember. I got really bad diarrhea. Yes, you did. <laughs> and we and didn't tell anybody. You know, folks, because <laughs> he was on a cruise ship, so he couldn't. Podcasting ain't that strenuous. So if you have diarrhea that's so bad you can't podcast, that's oh, pretty man. bad diarrhea. <laughs> that's right. If you had told someone on the ship, would they have put you in the brig? What would they yeah. have done? I heard that happen to people, and I'm no joke, and I'm not going to go to the brig. I, have a, I had a t- three-year-old you, daughter. You I'm did not the brig. You did self-quarantine. Did it was very responsible I, I of you. I sat in the room that's and fair. watched The Martian on loop. <laughs> <laughs> How many viewings did you make it through? Like three and a half. I was Ooh. dozing in and out. <laughs> 
you just keep waking up at that time at, on those scenes where he's fertilizing the plants that you just keep waking up. Right. Yeah. Why is it always this scene? You know what though? Good flick. Good flick. Oh, it sure. holds up. Even, even when you have diarrhea and you watch it three and a half times, it's still good. Yeah, pretty conclusively at this point. Good flick. Oh no, it <laughs> looped three times. But if you've got diarrhea, that means you probably saw an hour and a half of that three time yeah. loop. Yeah. But you heard the rest. Sure. sure. You have to be able to really like, yeah, oh, the room's ain't that big. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can't see it. You just need two mirrors and then you're all set. Um, so thank you for joining us for this ever, ever important topic. Um, as we do many times on this show, we'll just sort of make sure our, our audience knows your, your, uh, children's show bona fides, if you will. Do you guys watch a lot of children's programming? You've got a three-year-old. They aren't allowed to watch anything else. I mean, at this point. <laughs> yeah, if she's awake, we're, yeah. Well, I mean, not that all that she does is watch TV, but if we're watching television, it's children's programming the right. vast majority of the time now. Yeah. Yeah, she's if, three. If we, we have time usually for like one show at night after she's gone to bed and we're not like recording or researching or whatever. Um, so that's like really appointment viewing. But the, the vast majority <laughs> of our TV intake is uh, is children's programming. And did you watch a, a lot of TV as children as well? Because then you're bringing two generations worth of knowledge into this. I did a lot. Um, <laughs> Sydney, I don't think as much. When Sydney and I got together, I had to like, ve- it, if I may say, very patiently explain to her why you're not allowed to watch TV episodes out of order. And you can't just <laughs> sit down and start watching a show midway through <laughs> A series and why we will go get the DVDs and we'll watch it in order and you can't just like watch one or midway through an episode, oh. which I would do. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, you would you would watch uh, like fictional television. You would just start an episode halfway through and be like, eh, I'll catch up. Sure. Have yeah. you ever seen a Game of Thrones before? <laughs> no, but I can catch up. I'll start 20 minutes in. Actually, that that almost happened to me. I was uh while Justin was out of town. Charlie and I went and stayed with my parents and they were watching Game of Thrones. This was just three weeks ago something like that mm-hmm. and or whatever and anyway they turned it on because they watch it and i was just sitting there with them and i was like well i'll watch i've never seen it before i have no i don't know anything about it other than what just kind of seeps into my pop culture i would have left a justin shaped hole in the <laughs> plate glass window if that is <laughs> hey you missed the last 10 minutes of the last game of thrones you want to start the next one Pshing! that's me going through the window oh, gone man <laughs> Let me ask you this, Justin. Um, I am because I am this way. If I get to a movie late, uh, I just won't see it. Just won't go in. Yeah, okay. I'll just I'll I'll go see it another time. I'll do that if I'm going to miss some of like most of the trailers. I'll miss a trailer. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't I don't go late. My wife uh, Jennifer does not like. She had to learn <laughs> just because she married me, and that was that's the lot she stuck with. That like we need to get to the movies if it says. Like two thirty. What if this is the movie theater that actually starts on time? We don't want to miss any of the trailers, so let's get there like five minutes before. Let's just get there. <laughs> then you know what? It's just five minutes, and then we're seated for five minutes in the theater. I don't mean like we get there. It's a two thirty movie. You got to be there like two fifteen to get snacks and hey, stuff. Sit down for this one. The last time I went to the movies to go see uh, Leap with my daughter, I don't get to see adult movies anymore. Uh, <laughs> when you go see Leap with my daughter, the, there was an older couple in front of us. And they were, I hope you guys are sitting down. I am. They were looking at the 
board that showed the times of the movies and trying to pick something to see. Are you kidding me? No. Who does that? <laughs> now? You're making this decision now? You just went to the movies to see a movie? If there's one starting soon? Are you kidding me? I hope they were taken to the movie brig. Yeah, movie jail. <laughs> well, yeah. because they had all that diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where we kept Brendan Fraser all these years. <laughs> Is that what happened to him? That's what happened to him. <laughs> he said movie jail. Yeah. That's, they fi- that's okay. They fixed his mummy franchise by giving it to Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Sisyphus, except he just has diarrhea all the time. <laughs> Look, man, if you were pushing a rock up a hill and you had diarrhea, that would be a strain, I think. Mm-hmm. That would be a dangerous yeah. strain. But you guys, Absolutely. we're not here to talk about diarrhea. Aren't we? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're here to talk about... Uh, Look, that's for our next episode, number one, number two, or number three. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> well, let's go inside baseball then, because yeah. there was a there was a conversation that happened via text where we were trying yes. to determine, well, how are we going to tackle this? Because Kids Show is a very wide range of programming. Mm-hmm. You could probably divide it into two halves. There's educational programming and entertainment programming. So right. I was like, let's just do educational. And Justin was like, hold on. No, no. Let's mm-hmm. do all of it. But you had a good point, Justin, which I'll let you make here for the people who don't uh, text with the two of us. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> of you that weren't on that text chat <laughs> with us. Through. Sorry, guys. Group Should have left yeah. the conversation. It yeah. got good after you went. Uh, Everybody but- has left the conversation. <laughs> for me as a parent now, and I wouldn't have thought of it this way when I was younger, but for me as a parent now, I tend to look at everything that she watches as like educational in a sense where it may not be like reading and math and numbers, but a lot of the stuff that we really like her to watch uh, is stuff that is educational from like an ethical perspective or a moral perspective or a values perspective, you know, mm-hmm. things that like, you know, Oh, this reflects our values. This reflects how we see the world. And this is the kind of thing that we want her to be exposed to and i feel like an extra layer of responsibility of that sometimes because we have a daughter and there's so much like very kind of old-fashioned these like girly images that are still out there like princess theme stuff that Mm -hmm. you know perpetuates these images of this is what girls are and this is all they can be and that I, I'm very conscious of now, even more so than I ever was before. Mm-hmm. So, so in this scenario, like, would you say something like Elena of Avalor is more like the girls are princesses versus Doc McStuffins, where she is a medical professional who tends to stuffed animals? Or professional? Are, yes, she's a doctor. <laughs> Man, I get a sneaking suspicion that Doc McStuffins is playing pretend. Mm. <laughs> You gotta read between the lines, right? There's a lot of clues in there. (laughs) Yeah, follow the money, dude. Yeah. That's tough, though, because definitely I like Doc McStuffins for that reason. Mm -hmm. But then you look at, like, Elena of Avalor, and we we watched that one, and she is a princess, and it's still definitely she wears beautiful dresses and all the princess stuff. But she also, like, sword fights, and she runs the kingdom on her own, nice. and she has a lot of traits that you didn't used to see, I think, back when I was younger, and, like, princesses. Right. She's she a little arrogant. A She's kind of brash. She- Not on her own. She has a cat. This is the thing, though. The patriarchy still told Elena of Alvalor that she had to be a crown princess instead of being, as she sings, ready to rule. 
Uh, she still has like a council of advisors and her abuela and her her uncle that's, and. But that's mainly because she's fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's fine. But she's been locked in a portrait for like forty years. So actually, she's fifty-five. <laughs> okay, it was a, it was an amulet, not a portrait. The rest her of her family, family was, was trapped in a portrait. portrait. Let's okay. get it. Let's get it right. But I thought Sophia the first had the amulet. Okay. Okay, now, that's the amulet right. that Elena was locked that's in. The of I didn't realize that these born. universes collide. Oh, for sure. This is okay. So Elena Valvoir <laughs> was trapped in an amulet, Princess Sophia's amulet, and that was actually like it was technically a spinoff event that went unaired. Oh. Uh, what is it like the mystery of Avalor or something like secret that? Of secret of Avalor. That's why Sophia found it was it was her job to unlock that mystery and save Elena. And then Elena took her kingdom back by force, uh, <laughs> and it ruled. She led a revolution she of the people. Revolution. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and that's Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, like <laughs> she's the Khaleesi. Her. She has three dragons. Mm-hmm. She's like a very good uh, of the prince eye. She's like a very good one. She's like very has a lot of really, I think, good qualities. Mm-hmm. The songs are all really great, um, uh, and it's very entertaining. As an adult, it's like the, I have been brought to tears. But there's a day of the dead episode. Mm. Wow, delicious, <laughs> right. just beautiful, <laughs> sobbing. This does seem like a trend now because there is also. Star versus the forces of evil, where Star is uh, Star Butterfly, a princess from another realm, uh, is living in modern day America and is taking it, it is the it is her job to defend the world from the forces of evil. And she mm-hmm. has a uh, Marco, her best friend in distress. So I do like that all of the princesses are starting to get some amazing superpowers and like, it does start to feel a little bit like have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Like there's a show called that we've only watched a couple times called Nell of the Princess Knight. And it's like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Like you know as parent like these these large companies have their head on a swivel enough to know that like they are not going to be able to just do the usual princesses and get like the broadest sort of range right. of audience. It can feel a little bit I don't think this is the case with Star, but like some of these shows can feel a bit craven with like the like, oh no, I know she's a princess for sure. Yeah, definitely a princess. But also, mm-hmm. she's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think any of Do you guys watch Gun Princess? <laughs> oh man. TM, TM. That sounds like, I'm sure that's an anime. But it's definitely better than, there was some sort of animated storybook thing that Justin found for Charlie to watch at some point that was all of the princesses, like the classic Disney princesses having a tea party. And they're very stressed out about throwing the perfect tea party and whether or not they're, Prince husbands will be excited about their tea party, oh, and I, I mean Bro, they sing song like who's who sings the one song about? Uh, I think Ariel. Does. Ariel sings a song about uh, importance of manners. Like, are you kidding me? She put a fork in her hair. <laughs> like, I, I'm seriously going to manners advice from her. Um, do you think that? <laughs> do you think that children's shows over the years have gotten better or worse? <laughs> I would argue better because I would say that this particular element is a, a big plus. Yes. Sorry, yes. Yeah. I think by and large also there like there's more there are many fewer shows now like when I was growing up in the eighties, there were a lot of shows that were designed just to sell toys. And like I'm not saying that is not the case anymore, but I don't think you see um I don't think it's built that way. I think mm-hmm. the shows are built first and then they get popular and then the toys follow suit. But like you have shows in my era that even the ones that are fondly remembered, but like GI Joe Voltron, 
Transformers. Like they were designed to build He Man. They're designed to build toys. And the toys came first for most of those, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And they're complete fluff. I mean, you're not going to get anything useful to really like chew on from a cerebral perspective from a lot of those shows. And I would say that's, that would be an anomaly. Mm -hmm. So do you think that is one of the criteria we should look at is, uh, this sort of brain food? something to chew on for a children's show. I, I I guess ideally whatever children's show winds up winning will ultimately have an educational element and, and some sort of meat to it. It's not going to be cake. There's going to be some bread. Um, like you mentioned Steven yeah. universe before when we were texting as a show that is like, this teaches good morals and Sesame street teaches numbers and letters. And as long as there's some sort of cerebral, Oh, that's a thing I need to recognize. Yeah, I think I think that's essential because especially uh, there's so much talk about making sure you limit screen time and that screen time is worthwhile when you when it's there and that you're participating as a parent. I think it has to be if it's going to win in children's programming, there has to be some uh, element to it. I, I agree with that. Before I concede it, though, I do want to give a, like a special diversionary shout out to the shows that I watched growing up that I felt like did not have any sort of. I did not learn values. I did not learn morals, but definitely like helped shaped my sense of humor, mm-hmm. um, which I wouldn't necessarily fold in like educational, uh, but definitely like shows like Animaniacs or Pete and Pete. Sure. I think oh, yeah. were two where it's like, oh, you can do stuff like this. Like this is something that you can do. Like as, as somebody who grew up a lot from my dad watching MST3K, Kids in the Hall, like mm-hmm. old SNL stuff like that, like seeing that stuff refracted through the lens of children's program was like very, very impactful for me. And definitely like with shows like Animaniacs, you go back and watch it now and we have, uh, there are cultural references in that, that like are, would have been 40 years old when I was a kid. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely just writers trying to entertain their dads. I think <laughs> like not, I would put Animaniacs no. up there because, um, I don't think that it's a, fl- I mean, First of all, I don't say I don't think that anything that crafts crafts your comic voice is fluff. Um, but also, Animaniacs taught they had all those songs. I've just reintroduced myself in the last month to Animaniacs. Yep, and um, it's true. Educational tunes were definitely a part of Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I learned every country. For some reason, Gambia, Guinea, Algeria, Ghana. That phrase stuck in my head. <laughs> um, so I know that those countries are all apparently near each other. I, I would like to give a shout out to G.I. Joe, which I know is not going to win. <laughs> and I watched it. I remember when it debuted and they showed, I think for like a, it feels like for a week, they showed the pilot every afternoon and I was there for it. Like, maybe I'll see something new this time. Maybe this time Cobra will hit them with their lasers. <laughs> but if you want to tell me that barbecue coming up and showing you not to touch a live wire that's fallen on the street <laughs> isn't educational and helping you become a better person, then... I don't know what to tell you. I remember more of the knowing is half the battle segments from G.I. Joe than I remember of the actual show. Yeah. Don't get in that van. It is like a troubling. It's troubling subtextually for like this is designed for latchkey kids who we assume we're just not getting basic. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't touch a live wire. How did you make it this far? (laughs) And here. Meanwhile, here's 20, 20 minutes of undisciplined dudes uh going after an elite fighting force that's a pretty cool knife kid but try to keep it out of your leg (laughs) hey when you're finished heating up your own dinner maybe don't jump down in that ravine (laughs) i'm gung-ho
<laughs> hey, I'm Bazooka. Today I'm going to tell you how to get in the middle and teach your parents not to fight so much because it's starting to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Just spitballing here. Maybe it is your fault. Here are some things you can do to be better in the family dynamic. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't watch G.I. Joe. Is this on there? Yeah, um, <laughs> I missed all oh, this. Oh, for sure. This is like the, that was like the hallmark. I feel like G.I. Joe at some point had to team up with Dare. Did they team up with I'm Dare? I'm sure they did. Probably. Uh, yeah. Probably. Sergeant Slaughter would be like, you're a maggot if you do drugs. <laughs> like <laughs> Dare, the only t-shirt that was ever worn, ironically, the day that it was given to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think there are also some shorter segments of television. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking about, uh, Schoolhouse Rock, which is not a 30 mm-hmm. minute program, but also like they're really great shorts. I feel like that's not, I feel like the winner has to be at least a, a 22 minute television program. Yeah. Would, I would, would you all agree? Sure. I was going to mention Mortimer Ichabod yeah. Marker, but also there are other reasons that that is not on the list. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also a lot of stuff. Uh, we talked about better or worse from now till today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like, I think animation, animated series are definitely 100% better. Mm -hmm. But if you look at live action stuff, and I'm not going to say like better or worse, but God, there are some bananas things that we got exposed to as kids that are just like so completely out there is so obviously like drugged out dudes just like trying to get a TV show together with a hundred thousand dollars that Canadian Broadcasting Company gave them. Like, <laughs> you look at a show like today's special. Oh my god! I was, I was hoping you to bring that up. Oh, I was hoping you bring it up. Shout it loud and clear, brother. If I was to tell tell you, hi, I'd like to pitch a new show. This is the show. After a <laughs> after a department store closes, a woman named Jody puts a magical hat on a mannequin named Jeff. And she hangs out with him. But if she takes the hat off, he dies. Also, <laughs> there's a security guard. And did I mention the other two people were humans? And he's a puppet. I have no explanation for this. <laughs> also, there's a mouse. Anyway, can I have some money for to do my show? Like, absolutely not. You most certainly cannot have... <laughs> oh, wait a minute. How about if the mouse rhymes every sentence? Okay. Oh, well, now I'm... Also, <laughs> let me just put a bow on it. The security guard has a sliver-like control room where he watches everything on screens and talks to a Did female computer. That? Did I mention I, that? I think they had to figure back then, though, there wasn't as much children's programming. There weren't as many shows aimed at kids. So they could make terrible stuff? Exactly. Kids just have to watch it because it's like, well, at least it's not that boring <laughs> crap my parents watch. <laughs> Whereas now they have multiple channels all day long, 24 hours a day, dedicated to stuff they like. Right, yeah. You know, plus all the streaming. So. I do want to point out that series ends the way another one of my favorite children's series ends, which is with everything being packed up in a box, being sent out, which uh, my other favorite children's series, Amigos, which starred a young Mark Gagliardi <laughs> trying to teach Spanish to children in Tennessee. Hey, to children all over Sorry. the country, my friend. All this over was, the country. This was PBS. This is everywhere. This is on PBS. <laughs> but it ended with all the kids being packed into boxes? Yeah. Yeah, we were being shanghai <laughs> We were going to do a series where we taught kids uh, Mandarin, so they had to get us to China. <laughs> so there was, yeah, like there was like yeah. a weird, I, I went to watch a clip of it because I hadn't seen Today's Special, obviously, since I was a kid. It's not like anybody's buying that DVD collector set. I'm not going to lie. I watched uh, an episode of Today's Special having nothing to do with this episode. What? What? Were you watching Jeff's visit about alcoholism? 
Uh, no, I was just on a kick where I was like, I'm going to watch all my old Nickelodeon shows from when I was a kid. And I watched a, you can't do that on television, which I would like yeah. to get back to because that is we've been re- another great, we've, uh, but I didn't mean to interrupt you, Hal, you were saying, no, I want to hear what Justin's about to say. Cause you brought up, you can't do that on television. Oh, go on. Revisiting a lot of those shows that we used to watch when we were younger to see them through the eyes of our daughter. And I, you mentioned like watching a whole episode. I don't think we've made it that far on any of them. Like there's mm-hmm. the, definitely a look of like just dotting a horror. Like this was nothing. I don't know why we have such fond memories <laughs> for this. There's nothing. <laughs> and I don't know if Charlie has developed like a sophisticated taste in animation or something, but there's a lot of them that 30 seconds in, she's like, this looks weird. I don't like this. Yeah. Weird, I hate it. <laughs> this old danger mouse looks super British. <laughs> she's super. It's one of her main. Yeah, she's, a, she's totally a nationalist. What, what are her favorite shows? Right now, she's watching a lot of Teen Titans. Go. Go. Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Great Go. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Does not enjoy Teen Titans. No. Loves no. Teen Titans Go. Sydney <laughs> um, and I have had extensive conversations about Teen Titans Go, trying to pick our favorite episodes. I, yes. We've seen all of them at this point uh-huh. multiple times. Uh, we have detailed power rankings for different episodes. <laughs> um, the most prominent right now is The Night Begins to Shine. Which, Sydney, can you talk about I, the night beginning? I don't to shine? even know how to describe it. It's a four part. It's a four part episode arc about Cyborg's obsession with this song, "The Night Begins to Shine" by a band B E R, which, as far as we can tell, is not a real band. Yeah, is it right? for the show, as near as we can tell. Yeah, yeah. It, and and the the song transports him to a magical world where everything is rad. Yeah, and, and everything's 80s influence. And the song is very 80s, heavily 80s influence. And, like, the plot of the original episode of this four-part miniseries was spun off of. The plot is that Cyborg uh, has to listen to this song. Uh, he gets so obsessed with the song that if he doesn't listen to it, he can't do anything super. He basically loses his powers if he's not listening <laughs> to the song. So he listens to it so much that everybody gets sick of it and wants him to never play it again. But then he eventually realizes that, like, it's fine to use music to inspire you, whatever. But our daughter became so obsessed with The Night Begins to Shine, the song, and also became able to demand it from Alexa uh, at a moment's oh. notice that we realized eventually, like, we are living this episode. <laughs> like, she well, won't do anything unless she's listening to The Night Begins to Shine. It's further. She's incorporated it into all of our play. Any imaginative play that we're engaging in, she'll, it, it ends with there's someone who's bad and she makes them good by singing this song at them. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> If you all haven't checked out the song, though, it is very good. Yeah. It's a very good song. We have to song. find out who wrote the song. Do you know who wrote the song? B-E-R. B-E-R. It's a fake band that made up of real studio musicians as near as I can tell. So this is like, so it wasn't like BER is a fictional thing. And like the show has someone who writes all its songs. I think these guys actually, okay, this is the timeline. As I understand it, these studio, these guys who I think are just studio musicians wrote the song. They licensed the song for one episode of teen Titans go. They became obsessed with it enough. They wrote an entire episode about it. And in doing so built a fictional band BER around these the studio musicians. Yeah, the letters B E R are just the initials of each member of the uh, band. Gotcha. I was, right. That was my next question. Yeah. And they become prominent figures in in it 
in the ser in the episodes, and the new miniseries has like Fallout Boy and CeeLo all doing The Night Begins to Shine. Wow. It's really excellent. Whoa. But anyway, I love Teen Titans. It's hysterical. Sometimes Teen Titans will do okay, the stuff I love about Teen Titans is they will do entire episodes that are okay. There's an episode where Beast Boy uh uh gets hair under his armpits and decides he needs to become a man. <laughs> and for th- him, that means uh going to find his spirit animal, which means studying with a bunch of bears. And the bears just want to party and they never want to teach him anything, <laughs> except he's already paid uh thousands of pots of honey to go learn from the bears. And what this episode is, is an extended 11 minute metaphor on the value like the the value of real world experience versus uh getting a higher education and it is like a protracted metaphor about that there is one episode that is just about robin explaining the value of investing in real estate (laughs) (laughs) so your daughter your daughter finds these relatable yeah she's really she gets it she watches them though we watched that one the real estate one today and she was she make you read rich dad poor dad as she's going to sleep at night (laughs) (laughs) what can we talk about another show you mentioned um is daniel tiger's neighborhood which I watched, and I have a theory. I want to float it out there and see if it holds water with the three of you. I okay. would contend, based simply even on just the opening, and I did watch beyond it, that what happened was that Fred Rogers did not pass away of, of old age or illness, but that he was killed by Daniel Tiger, who has single white femaled him and taken his place, <laughs> which is why he tosses the shoe, and he does this he just, just like he learned from Fred. And and that that's like somewhere, Ooh. probably under that bench or in the closet where the sweaters are kept, mm-hmm. are the remains of Fred. It's under, it's in the bench. It's just like in ropes. Yes. He he just wanted to feel <laughs> like he invites people over because the thrill of getting away with it. <laughs> hey, get on the trolley. The trolley can't tell you oh, what it no. knows. I have not seen this show. Is the uh, is the alcoholic Elaine Stritch on this one too? <laughs> Sadly, no. Oh. They've toned down a lot of the scarier. Sydney, can you pitch Daniel? Tiger? Can you elevator pitch Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood? It's. I really like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and I, I mean, I will say I was a big fan of Mister Rogers when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and so I think part of it was just, oh, this is such a you know nostalgic thing for me. This is the land of make believe, and and that's the whole show. It's an animated land of make believe, and you follow. Uh, Daniel Tiger and all his friends and all the old characters from the land of make-believe are there. It's just now their kids are there, Mm -hmm. too, and they're the focus of the show. Mm -hmm. And it's largely about, like, emotional intelligence, like how to express your feelings. And they get into – they get sad or they get angry or they get frustrated. And then there's little jingles that the kids sing over and over and over again to – teach you how to deal with these emotions and they become like really powerful as a parent because you can just what uh uh i'm trying to think i'm suddenly blanking if on. you have to go potty stop and go right away yeah that use one we use that a lot words. use yeah. your words that's a good one um <laughs> um you okay you guys mentioned uh well because of daniel tiger's neighborhood obviously you mentioned mr rogers neighborhood now i know we're talking about children's shows today um i don't know if that show will win but that show is at least it has to i feel like at least make the mount rushmore we're going to chip three of them down and leave only one president up there but um <laughs> it, since we're looking for the one best i i feel like we can can we start pulling things to the finals 
I think we can start extracting ones that are of note. And sure. Mr. Rogers, you know, That's you talk I mean. about about Daniel Tiger's neighborhood being about emotional intelligence, which is exactly what I was thinking Mr. Rogers is about. So the, the Daniel Tiger mm-hmm. episode I saw, uh, Daniel was riding a horse for the first time and was afraid because it's high up. So his father was singing to him about how when you're scared, you can hold somebody's hand and feel better. Not only did I almost tear up at work, but <laughs> – I'd also like it got me thinking like, yeah, holding somebody's hand is really important because you know that somebody's there. Like, why does that make you feel better when you're scared? Because you you know you're not alone and somebody's mm-hmm. there to 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 help keep you grounded. And that that is continuing the work of Mr. Rogers, who in one of the greatest final gifts a human can give, left instructions for parents on on how to explain to, to their children that he had passed away. And oh, that he man. was still going to be on it's television. Make me cry right and now. everything that he that he did for the almost forty years that or thirty plus at least that he was on the air was not only about like here's how pretzels are made and here's mm-hmm. here's uh we just like there's one where he plays Miss Pac Man mm-hmm. and it's like I'm at a, I'm at an arcade it's just like <laughs> a Miss Pac Man he doesn't speak and it's just a half hour of that yeah. but it's like very <laughs> he's in the it's just him in the background in King of Kong yeah, Andy Man Negri puts his quarter up on the screen because he's next <laughs> uh, but you know that show was just as much about emotional intelligence and being okay mm-hmm. to cry and and how to deal with being a child of divorce just you know that that. I think that's incredible. I think that that's, I would, I think that that's fair to put that on the, the final list as opposed to mm-hmm. Daniel's Tiger. Cause it was really, it's based on Daniel's Tiger is a very smart updating of those mm-hmm. same lessons. Yeah. And I think probably somewhat updating the lessons themselves to, to more, to, to, uh, y- you know, to a broader range sure. of, you know, mm-hmm. it's condensed, but I think that the, I, I think that like M- Mr. Rogers, uh, was in the game for so long and like touched so many people. I think it's, it is very, is a very convincing argument. Um, yeah. That'd be a top pick for me. Yeah. It's way up there. Yeah. Did you, and did anybody else equate it with dinner? Because for me, after Mr. Rogers was when <laughs> dinner happened, so I would smell dinner being made as I was watching the show. So now I still have a Pavlovian response of drooling when, as I watch <laughs> Mr. Rogers, cause I think I'm going to get a treat at the end. <laughs> but it's going to be placed on your nose, and you're going to have to wait right, a second before right. you. Oh, snatch I'll wait. It. I'm going to wait because I know you're going to tell me go. Because you're a good boy, and then I'm going to throw it. I am a good boy. Um, all right. While we're doing this, uh, since we have since we've broken the seal on placing shows into the top, uh, the top tier, the upper echelon of children's shows, do we have any? I mean, we can go through. Um, we we can go through category by category and type of show and pull some out if you guys want to do that. Or we could just launch right in and say, these are the ones that I think are the contenders. Then we can start looking at criteria. Does that work for you guys? Okay. Um, yeah. Does this mean we're not going to talk about Pinwheel or the Great Space Coaster? Can I tell you something about Pinwheel? About... Uh, Pinwheel, yeah. for those who don't know. Break the news to him, gentle Mark. <laughs> was... A show that was on in the 80s. It's not on the air anymore, Hal. I'm just ripping that Band-Aid off, wow. Justin. Um, but Pinwheel, you can find it online. Uh, when I was a kid, Pinwheel was on and on Nickelodeon, and my sister loved it. And that was her show. And my mom would always say, all right, boys, you, you can watch your shows as soon as your sister's done watching Pinwheel. What my mom didn't realize was, I, at least it felt in my child brain like this. I feel like they played 
three pinwheel episodes in a row every day on Nickelodeon. <sighs> so it was, as soon as your sister's done watching her three hours of television, then you guys can oh, have gosh. half an hour for today's special, which is really, you don't even need that long. <laughs> I I did like that that Pinwheel had those Paddington Bear segments mm-hmm. had like a bunch of short film uh, short film segments in it, but Calliope, another I, great little segment I, in it. I had forgotten until I watched the clip today that Snail, who the entire series is trying to get to the annual meeting of the snails, and never <laughs> makes it that far because snails are slow. But is <laughs> looks like like a nightmare. Like if I put on a German film designed to strike fear into the hearts of anyone who watched it, it would just be that snail slowly moving through the garden, like dead face, thousand yard stare, accordion (laughs) arms. And, but like, like a clown face also and wearing a top hat, like just a nightmare of a puppet that, how, how, how did we as children not revolt that this was presented as like, this is okay. Here's your friend, your buddy, the snails here. Cause they had to do, they had the dumb idea of doing an entire network for kids. Oh God. I just loaded a picture of yeah. it. Ha cha. <laughs> See? Savagery. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now as well. Also, I'm looking at the lyrics. Do you guys remember really the pinwheel exciting. theme song? Sure. Pinwheel, pinwheel spinning around. Look at my pinwheel and see what I found. Pinwheel, pinwheel. Where have you been? Hello, how are you? And may I come in? Death snail. That's the end of the song. (laughs) For some reason, (laughs) even the word pinwheel makes me think of that song. Like, I don't know how often I say the word pinwheel. Yeah. Um, except thousands of times, times as a child, but that's one of those great (laughs) theme songs that I just wanted to throw that out there. Apropos of nothing, the theme song to pinwheel was really good. It's not going to be. Up there with Eureka's Castle is in theme songs that like get me mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. Which one? one? I guess we John. Eureka's Castle is about a dinosaur that lived in a castle. Okay, it like, was a music I'm, box. A music that box a giant had that a giant had. <laughs> was this a was this and a it, puppet show? Yeah, yeah, and a wizard lived in it with a giant dragon named Magellan. I remember this. Who had friends that were dots? Like, what were you all doing yeah, back then? It's getting, as I start remembering, it's getting crazier. <laughs> These are the heirs to the Sid and Marty Croft shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is anything from the Sid and Marty Croft collection going to make it into the finals of this? They had a heck of a run. I, there was, it was just sort of a weird, like nothing that they did. It was all a little bit early for me, but I know they kept going with stuff, but like the early stuff I found horrifying. Like Lizville and stuff like that, I found like super, super Mm -hmm. upsetting. Um, Which is just a bunch of terrifying hats. Right. Um, they still have, they do, are doing a show with, um, the dog whisperer's son. Really? Um, yeah, Mutton Stuff is with Caesar's son, Calvin Milan. <laughs> and it's about, they like <laughs> dog puppets. Oh, no. It's whack. I don't, I'm sorry. I changed it instantly. No, that sounds terrible. Nothing. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. I don't, I don't need any thanks. I'm yeah. full. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's do, all too frightening. Do we want to give any other shout outs to shows that we loved as kids that are not going to be on our, that we all know are not going to be on our final list? Hal apparently loves Pinwheel. I, I loved Rescue Rangers. I don't know if that would be on sure, our list, but I, cause it's just, I just personally loved it. And I don't know that it educated me other than, you know, I felt empowered that a woman could be, a mechanic and a mouse and 
wear a, wear a cool purple jumpsuit and it was fine. I, I don't know if it was more educational beyond that, but it was just always one of my. You mentioned Clarissa also, like, oh, and yeah. those. Yeah, were, Clarissa well, explains it all. Yeah, that was that was way up there for me. That one feels like it's like like if we're talking about a kid show. That one feels like it's tw- like 12, maybe it's 10 to 13. Is that mm-hmm. really the sweet spot? It's like a tween show. I would put yeah. like, I would put like a lot of the stuff that was on SNCC into that category. Pete and Pete, I would definitely classify as like more preteen right. than mm-hmm. necessarily a kid's or show. Or like, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is yeah, a great right, preteen but show, but not a kid's show. That was a great show, era yeah. that they had. SNCC was a great, a great yeah, was. So was Hey Dude in that? Like, yeah. yeah. Salute Your Shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your shorts. And they had like Roundhouse, all that. Uh, oh, all uh, that! A ton of great stuff. In Let's talk about all that for a second. Because as a kid okay. who loved Saturday Night Live, I was like, "Wait a minute, there's kids doing this," <laughs> I, and it was I, nothing. There was nothing I wanted more in my life. I'm older than you enough yeah. that I watched it and went, "Just missed it." <laughs> Could have been on it. Just missed it. Now I'm in college. Now I'm in college, and I'm jealous of kids. <laughs> this who is, is Keenan Thompson? He'll never amount to anything. Yeah, Keenan and Kel, more like <laughs> who and who. Amanda Bynes, Psh, you're going nowhere. <laughs> no one will be talking about her, but when we're all adults, <laughs> certainly not. Um, the Great Space Coaster is a fun one mm-hmm. that I feel like people have fond memories of, but is again like lots of creepy, like creepy kind of puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there was another one that st- well, the Candy Apple News Network I used to watch as a kid that I don't think anybody else saw. The Candy I Apple never, News. I, Network. I sometimes wonder if I did make it up. But one time I had a really bad fever as a child, and I swore that a knight walked into my bedroom and laid a head down on the ladder of my bunk bed. <laughs> Can't prove it, but it felt felt real to me. Still, but was. I reported it to Candy Apple News, and <laughs> they reported it on their television show. Yeah, it was on the Candy <laughs> Apple News Network. I don't know. If nobody picked that up. Nobody Jeez. saw it. Jeez. Candy <laughs> Apple. What? I don't remember no. that, that at all. Network. That it's might real. not exist. Now what? Was- what was the one that had like Palabra Jot and stuff like that? Was that on, was that on, uh, Candy Apple News Network? They had that, oh, the right channel. That was a weird PBS right show channel. where a little bug oh. talked out of the right W, uh, R I T E, right channel. It was like a lot of that, like local public t- programming that got like elevated to, to syndication. Um, there was a lot, a lot of good stuff. You know what? You know what else we didn't mention was the Magic School oh, Bus. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, that's true. That's a very good one. Yeah, we've yeah. we've shown that to Charlie. That mm-hmm. actually holds up. She'll watch that now, mm-hmm. which I was a little surprised. Pitch the about. Magic School Bus to everybody who who has not watched it, including the one person talking to the microphone right now. I'm aware of it. <laughs> I've never seen it though. Tell tell me about it, please. It's. Miss Frizzle teaches a class, or Miss Frizz, as they call her, the Frizz, uh, a class of, I don't know what grade they're in, they're elementary school she a quarterback? <laughs> and <laughs> she's just, she, you know, she's like that really, everybody had that one really cool teacher that they remember as like, they taught me stuff, but like they were cool. She's that teacher. So there, it's always starts with the kids in the class and like something happens that triggers a kid to say, well, why does that happen or what's that all about? And so they go on an adventure via the, a school bus that is magic to, a different planet or a different time period or inside the human body. It can shrink. It can turn into a submarine. It can do all kinds of okay. magic things. And then the kids go on an adventure to learn about whatever the Frizz wants to teach them I about. I see. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout out. It's a classic I, show. I have four. I just want to say the names of them because they're they are all from before all of our times. But 
we should probably mention them. These are faves of yours, or these no, are the I, ones these, that you think will make it into that the I th- These are the ones fine. that I think are should at least be mentioned, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. This is how's how, please don't tweet yeah, at me. Sure. Please don't tweet at me. Here we go. Uh, one is Bozo the Clown, who was a, more of a syndicated show. Mm-hmm. Based on Chicago. Oh, uh, yeah. Judy, Howdy Doody mm-hmm. show, uh, which is groundbreaking. Also, Winky Dink. Are you guys aware of Winky Dink? That sounds Philadelphian. No, Winky Dink was everywhere. I don't know. This Winky one. Dink was a character that appeared on your television and would need like a bridge to get over some water. So what did you do? You slapped your magic screen on the television and drew a bridge for Winky Dink, and then Winky Dink would cross the bridge. So kids were encouraged to smack their the screen of their television. We well, don't smack like, it. You just get put it up there. real close to the TV, kids. Are you sitting close enough? This is like the fifties. They didn't know. They were like, just make, make sure there's enough lead in your water when you're going to drink it. So they would put, you would either put cellophane or you you would buy a magic screen and draw for Mm. Winky Dink. Just, just one I wanted to throw out there. The, the last one I have is, uh, Captain Kangaroo. Captain Kangaroo. Legend. I watched that back in the day. Does not seem like he's real happy to be there. (laughs) <laughs> like he was this close to getting Hamlet, and instead he's Captain Kangaroo. Um, we were Sydney uh, mouthed something to me while Hal was invented. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just put Saran wrap on your television? Hal's <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> imaginary friend that forced him to write on the TV, and he's kept up the lie this many years. It was Winky Dink. I swear he's you can hear all that on the Candy Apple News Network. <laughs> what did she mouth to you? Oh, a show we hadn't talked about yet is uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes. Oh, it's so I'm going to say that one crossed I mean, my mind. I didn't want to talk about it yet because I wanted to leave it for, at least for me, I wanted to leave it for the big gun contenders. I love it, though. Okay. Well, that's fine. As long as it's up there, I think I think that's yeah. okay uh, with me. What about, can we talk about Zoom very quickly? Z- are these more... I just want to talk about it because I watched it Zoom? today. I don't want to, I don't want those five minutes to have been in vain. Zoom is a show. This is currently on the version of it. I saw it. No, it was on in the nineties in the, in the early days of the internet. Mm-hmm. And it was you, uh, kids would submit emails, uh, and they would submit like game ideas and recipes and different fun science activities. And the kids on the show would show you these activities. The idea being you would learn them and go do them yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe go outside hang out with your friends so they were using the internet to keep hmm. kids off of the internet which i thought was pretty a smart it's a smart idea Amazing. it's pretty cool right. that's a cool idea i was waiting yeah. for this to be another yeah. one of your shows on your network that you made up you know what <laughs> i w- i want to take a brief diversion before we get into the final please. lap here to talk about the worst worst Ooh, television please. show and i know that's not what your show is about but i do have to mention caillou i made my uh for caillou well known in pretty much every platform available, mm-hmm. and I cannot let this opportunity slip past before we talk about how much we hate that little monster. Well, I don't know Caillou. He's bald. He's a bald child. He's a bald <laughs> idiot that lives with two. He's a bald idiot that lives with two misshapen parents <laughs> in Canada. The the thing about Caillou, I think, that's so upsetting is that he. Basically, the the story is Caillou can't do a lot of things because <laughs> he's a kid, so he still has trouble with things. And so when he does, he whines about it until his mommy or daddy fix it. Uh, That's it. That's, That's the, whole- the show. There's a, there's a bit where this little <laughs> idiot, this little bald doofus, <laughs> falls in some strawberries 
and he gets strawberry juice on his knee, and it kind of looks like blood, so he cries for 80 straight <laughs> minutes until someone comes over and, I don't know, <laughs> hits him in the head with a rock. It's like, that's actual pain, Caillou. So you can tell the difference in the future. That's what pain is, Caillou. You didn't experience that when you fell on a strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> you pasty mom. He's the kid who walks into the store, and the store is like, oh, great, this kid. Ugh. Can't wait to see what he complains he's, about. He's <laughs> bald. Justin, look this up. Why is this kid still bald? He's bald on the show because originally when it started, he was a baby. And then as he got older, they, they gave him hair. But kids watching the show didn't recognize him anymore because there is nothing distinguishing about <laughs> Caillou other than his bald head. And so they just made him bald again. So all the kids watching would go, oh, good. It's Caillou. That's how much he sucks. He has to have a baby's head because everybody hates him without it. Like, I, <laughs> man, Caillou. I want to see a picture of this guy. C-A-L-L-666-I-O-U. Pretty the, sure that's wrong. Oh, God. Uh, and the theme song is... I'm just a kid who's for each day I learn some more. All evidence to the contrary, by the way, Caillou, because you seem to be making the same stupid mistakes every single episode. <laughs> oh, this God, this kid that. in the blue cap. Is that him? Is it Canadian yeah, show? This little, this, and, and the little Mandarin yeah. collar shirt. He always wears that <laughs> little. <laughs> well, you'll, I'll yeah. have you know that he has a 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb, which seems high based on this. <laughs> Yeah, because parents notoriously hate Caillou. Kids love him. That's the that's the thing. You can't introduce him once he's in your life. He's never leaving. Because Charlie still will go. What about Caillou? And I, no. Well, most kids no. can't do really anything because, but they do have one role model where they're like, "Well, I got my <laughs> I got my stuff together more than Caillou. <laughs> I, at least I'm more on top of it than Caillou. That does make me feel good. He can't do anything. That's his sole, that's his sole purpose. Oh, Just man. to build children up. Yeah. By comparison, yeah, this is there's a there's a picture of him driving a bus. Why is he driving a bus? Look, I can't get sucked into looking at pictures of Caillou on my phone. We have work to do. He he has never he you cannot he could not string together competence long enough <laughs> to to drive. I would not trust him with anything uh, uh, more deadly than a plate of Jello. And even that, he'd probably fall into it and suffocate. <laughs> Anyway, Caillou and then go, really mommy. mommy. That's every episode. Mommy. in the jello again, mommy. <laughs> uh, well, you're out, whiny Caillou. And I'll tell you what, guys, before we yeah. uh, take a, uh, a crack at who is still in, in the top of our list, we already know that Pee Wee is in there and we already know that uh, Mr. Rogers is in there. Uh, we're going to take a little break and find out about some of the other excellent shows on the Maximum Fun Network. We'll be right back. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Oh, good oh, man, stuff. Every time. Uh, well, I hope that you're enjoying this podcast you're listening to as much as we are pretending to. But anyway, why not listen to another podcast, too? It's called The Flophouse. And on our podcast, uh, we have recently watched a movie, often a bad movie, and we review it on our podcast, but mainly talk about other stuff and, I don't know, hang out. It's all about hanging out, feeling like you're, like you're being with your best friends. Who are your best friends? Us three. Dan McCoy, <laughs> Emmy Award-winning writer for The Daily Show, Stuart Wellington, owner of the best bar in Brooklyn, Hinterlands, and Elliot Kalin, former Emmy-winning head writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, former head writer of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, uh, so many things. Author of the upcoming children's book, All Christmas right, Dog. that's enough. The Elliot's credits just go on and on. 
Yeah, but if you like the idea of listening to three funny guys talk about bad movies, then why not come over and listen to The Flop House? It's uh, available at MaximumFun.org or wherever fine podcasts are found. So get out of here. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds, Sounds good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. We're back. Let's do this. All right. Let's give our. Let's give our. How do you, how do you want to do this? You want to go just. Around the, we just want to do laps and we'll each throw one in until we think we've got a good mix that everything's covered. Sure. I think we can do two rounds around and that'll give that'll us, that'll give us six. It gives us, well, two rounds around gives us eight. Eight. Cause there are four people. Right. No, I, you know what I did? Here's what I did. I looked at you and I went, uh, yeah, Hal, Sydney, Justin, Hal, Sydney, Justin, Dix. Yeah. No, you have to get involved in this too. So people can <laughs> yell at you for what we missed. Oh, I never hear it. True. Um, all right. Oh, you know what? I will start. Go ahead. Uh, I will start. We've already mentioned two. So okay. we have eight. Well, well, that'll give us ten. Ten. Go, Go ahead. ahead. All right. Um, I'm going to say, so the ones we already have are Mr. Rogers and Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse. I'm going to put the Mickey Mouse Club on that list. Oh. Uh, multiple Incarnations, mm-hmm. one of the earliest children's shows, uh, created a formula that I think worked for a long time. People, It made a star out of Annette Funicello. Uh, it made stars out of Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. It was just a, st- I realize it's maybe not the most noble, uh, television show. Their sketches were not always great and their, uh, pop music numbers were fun, but not terribly important, but it created so many stars. I want to put it on the list. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll go next and I'll, I'm going to throw out Mr. Wizard. Oh, yes. Who was a dour mm. man, if you're not familiar with him. Ah, uh, Mr. Herbert. Wizard. Yeah, right. who wore goggles. and uh, But one time, in his, he did a, an experiment where he took a fish tank filled with water and then put a bunch of baby powder on top of the water. So it coated the surface, dropped a key, then went and pulled it out, and his hand was dry because he never broke the surface tension of the water or whatever. And I... My mind was blown <laughs> to this day when I think about it. It is the greatest magic trick I've ever seen, and it was friggin' science. Oh, so I, I want to put him on there because it's just – it's a classic show that helped encourage uh, children to study science and fall in love with science. Sydney, Justin? Uh I'm I'm gonna have to throw out there I, – I think – I feel cliche saying it, but we haven't talked about it yet – is Sesame Street. Oh, of course. Because – I mean, I don't know. It's what Sesame the, Street. It's Sesame it's, Street. Yeah. It's been around forever. It's like it's got research that backs it up. I like that. There's like studies that say this teaches your kid numbers and letters. This is good for them. So, yeah, I feel like Sesame Street is the Mike Tyson, the Mike Tyson in this particular Mike Tyson's punch out. Yeah. Like once you get through all the other shows, you get to that one last. And can you beat it? Uh, I am going to put up reading rainbow. There it is. Ooh. 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 Reading Rainbow is a show with LeVar Burton in it that is 
I is also educational, but celebrates laser-like reading. Just pounds you with the value of reading, celebrates mm-hmm. authors, celebrates stories, and it's just about not education, but about developing a passion for reading, which I think is like extremely powerful. Um, and and uh, I think is is an invaluable sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't need to go around twice. If you've got more, uh, literally all the ones that I would have put up there as the greatest have all been said. I mean, I, That's yeah, kind of I, <laughs> Justin, do you have more? You're going to talk about, you're going to talk about greatest. I mean, it's really hard to beat those. I mean, like ones that I love more uh, and maybe are more like entertaining or whole, like stuff yeah. like DuckTales, which mm. is like so good, but yeah. is not necessarily going to like. As a parent, would I feel like I had, maybe that's a, a decent metric. It's like, would I feel like I had done my child a, a, a disservice by mm-hmm. not exposing them to it? Yeah. And there, and there's stuff like that now that I think is very educational and it's positive. And I like that Charlie watches it, like Go Diego Go or The Octonauts or Door the Explorer. And they're, they're good, but I, they just don't, they're not up in right. this category. They're right. good, solid they're not shows. They're and not I, at this level. And again, I would say stuff like Steven Universe is like that, where like I am so, I, I am in constant, I, I live in a constant state of gratitude that there's something that is as progressive in children's programming as like I mm-hmm. feel in my day to day life. If you haven't looked into Steven Universe because it sounds like a kid show, I mean, you're right. Uh, but it, de- it like so deftly, touches on so many things that other kids programs like would not even veer near. Um, and, and it's a beautiful, moving, powerful show um, that I, I'm not necessarily as uh, certain as on this tier of show, but um, is, well, they're, is they're pretty astounding. Watching it right now. Cartoon Network is a Steven universe mm-hmm. and uh, mighty Magisaurs and teen Titans go and mm-hmm. uh, we bear bears. They've just got like, Okay, KO. We've been watching a lot of lately. Yeah. Is a new one, it's really good. It's about a world of heroes, basically, where everybody is trying to be a hero and has different abilities. But it's about a kid learning how to be a hero, which is very cool. And, and you know what's in this same world? I think is Gravity Falls. <sighs> yeah, oh yeah. Which, as a parent who has to watch shows with with kids, I love Gravity Falls. I can watch that anytime. It's like sort of like Twin Peaks for kids, yes. not nearly as disturbing sometimes disturbing but not as it's got something also that i think steven universe has too which is a wonderful which is not something that i I think is fairly new in children's programming but a wonderful sense of uh humanity like it's a very humane show in a way that a lot of kids shows Mm -hmm. i think are not usually i think a lot of times kids get an idealized version of the world that i think shows like gravity falls and steven universe and things like that are like it's much more humanist they respect kids more yeah they treat them like people and not like something different yeah yeah yeah. i i don't think i have anything else to add uh, other than i just want to say that sesame street is obviously the best thing to come out of the children's television workshop Mm -hmm. but they had three other really notable shows that are not going to make this list one is the electric company which is all about Mm -hmm. uh reading and grammar for a slightly older older audience yes they have a new version they have the rights Mm -hmm. to the uh, to the show and they have the, the 2009 to 2011 version, but th- that, that was a good step up. You watch Sesame Street, then you got to, to Electric Company, which featured Rita Moreno and Morgan Freeman. And before we knew what a horrible human being he was, Bill Cosby was also on that show, mm-hmm. but it's, it's worth 
mm-hmm. checking out just to see what it would look like if the seventies threw up on your television. Yeah. Um, and Spider-Man through spring. <laughs> yes. Spidey. Nobody knows who you are. Um, <laughs> but the other two shows that, that came out in the eighties were three, two, one contact, which is another great science program mm-hmm. and, uh, square one, which is a really good math program for kids that came out like, just at the edge of my watching kids television. Mm-hmm. I loved three, two, one contract. Yeah. You had like, uh, yeah, that was great. But square one had math man mm-hmm. and, uh, math net. Yeah. I didn't care about math. So good. Oh, right. So good. Um, we're down to six though, so folks. Square one is great. Here are our final okay. six Sesame Street, Pee Wee's Playhouse, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Wizard, Mickey Mouse Club and Reading Rainbow. Now we have talked a long time about a lot of shows that we love. So we, we, we can't really delve, you know, too in, entirely deep into these, I suppose, with the time we have left. Um, but that said, now let's think about some criteria that, uh, that w- just with those criteria in mind, uh, we can start eliminating them. T- tell me if this works for you guys. We'll think of a list of criteria that are the most important things, which we kind of touched on at the beginning. And then we will round robin eliminate mm-hmm. them, much as we round robin added them, with That's a with good. a with a okay. with a cheery okay. send off. Well, I, I think you both brought up a really good point, which is something that after you've watched it with your child, that you feel like you've done right by them mm-hmm. as a parent. So th- that mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. that you want it to not only have good educational value, but a good sort of moral compass to it. Would you? W- would that be fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Moral compass. For sure. Uh, Mark, what do you think is important? Um, Children's programming. Yeah. I I think that's a big part of it. I think as long as something is, yeah, it all really just comes back to that. Like as long as something is getting learned, well, that comes back to have I done my child a service? Mm -hmm. I think education and values are probably the two that I would like. Yeah. You could, you know, split it that way. Yeah. And that kids will watch. Yeah. It does have to entertain. Them. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it actually it does have to Are be Are there shows, by the way, that, that you want Charlie to watch that she's just not into, that you like wish she would be into because it meets your criteria but doesn't hold her attention? It's honestly, it's usually more selfish than that. It's usually like, boy, I'd like to watch this. Yeah. I wonder if I can get away with it. Hold on, let me see. <laughs> Charlie, do you like Dexter? Hey, Charlie, do you like this, this new Spider-Man cartoon um, on Disney XD that I want to check out? <laughs> do you want to see how that is? No. I feel like Pee-wee being on this list of finalists, that may be the only criteria that Pee-wee wins on. And listen, guys, take it from two people that mm-hmm. have recently rewatched mm-hmm. the entirety of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh, Roughly five or six times straight through, probably because our daughter's many. obsessed. The s- third and fourth season of that show are, I mean, some of it borders on unwatchable because there was a. If you read about what was happening, they basically shot uh, the the final. I guess it would technically be the fourth, fourth and fifth because the third season, if I'm remembering my numbers correctly, that's the one with just one episode. Isn't yeah, it? I get it got cut short because of writer strike. So technically, the fourth and fifth season. Um, there, it borders on unwatchable. There is one episode where I kid you not, this may not all be one episode. They tend to combine in my brain, but Pee Wee leaves for like half of it to go audition for a baseball team. He's just gone. And the King of Cartoons comes and shows a cartoon and then they're like, that was so good. Can we watch another one? And they just do two cartoons back to back. And then there is a 45 second long shot 
of Pee Wee's dog <laughs> eating dog food in extreme <laughs> close up. This I'm not it, making it. I, it gets really, really bad. Can I ask? Did you say audition for a baseball team? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you picked that up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. Oh. You call. You still call uh, 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 intermission at plays uh, <laughs> halftime. Half time, so I'm not going to. One time. <laughs> oh, you guys are like the sprats. <laughs> One time, Mark and I were improvising in Austin, Texas, and I said we have to go to basketball rehearsal. And <laughs> out of the two of us, I played way more sports than Mark has. I could not think of it in that moment. Basketball rehearsal. <laughs> I have to go to back basketball rehearsal. Oh my god! <laughs> oh All right, Lord. so we have our top Uh-oh. five. We previously had our top six. We now have our top five. Because it sounds like 45 seconds of dog food eating is eliminating <laughs> Pee Wee. Yeah, I, I love Pee Wee. Charlie will watch the heck out of it. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's up there. Can I pitch you why I think that Mickey Mouse Club should go? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't doubt its star making ability. And it's not a ding because it came back and it wasn't as good as the original or right. whatever. But if you watch the original Mickey Mouse Club and they had those Disney science and nature shorts, mm-hmm. that's real rough to watch knowing how much of that was rigged. They're like, did you know that tigers like to jump off cliffs? Here's video of it. Must be true. <laughs> yep. That tiger's so happy leaping to its death. Yeah. See you later. Look, I, I'll agree. I think that uh, the Mickey Mouse Club <laughs> is all cake and no bread. And when they tried to give you bread, it was fictionalized bread. Yeah. Plus, the original series is like, here's a bunch of right. white kids. Yeah. So it's not. Well, that's the what America. That's the only thing show. America yeah. had back then. That's true. <laughs> but it was an all white country. Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember when we were an all white country? <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I'm content with that. You guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's all right. Fair. So now we have our top four, and boy, these are good, and these are difficult. Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Wizard, and Reading Rainbow. It's hard. It's hard to make a case against. And and now bear in mind, we have boiled our criteria down to one thing. And that is, did I do my child a service by showing them this show? Did I enrich their life? But these all meet that criteria. Sure. I got them to read. I got them interested in science. Uh, I taught them the value of, of emotional intelligence and not being afraid to have emotions. And I taught them how to count to five in Spanish. I know that, that Sesame Street does more than that, but that was the first <laughs> they thing. They don't I teach them how to do it in Spanish. Are you thinking of Amigos? Do we need to put my show Amigos on this list? Oh, yes, we do. We need to put it online immediately <laughs> and available to everybody. I'll it's send, in a private Dropbox that Hal has. I'll send both of you a uh, link to that Dropbox so that you can watch it. It's... <laughs> Something right. real special. 30 episodes, baby. <laughs> Still living off those residuals like a king. Yeah, those PBS residuals. <laughs> um, you owe them money yeah, every time exactly. it is. I would say that, okay, my case for eliminating Mr. Wizard, even though I do very much enjoy Mr. Wizard mm-hmm. and I learned a lot about it, I think that more than the other shows on this list – Mr. Wizard was a very top down sort of education. So like Mr. Wizard always had all the answers and the kids were doofuses. And also he would tell them that they were doofuses and tell them (laughs) that they didn't know anything. And here, let me hand, like, let me educate you. Like not in those words necessarily. Sometimes (laughs) he was cantankerous, but like, I, I think that, 
because the learning, like the actual lessons can be transient sometimes. And in the case of science can even sort of evolve over time, I think, as we learn more and, 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 and explore more. I, I think that like establishing a passion for science, um, is it would be a much more noble goal for a show like that. And I'm not, and I do think that Mr. Wizard did that to a certain extent for sure, but I don't think in terms of like, showing kids great role models of like here are kids that also like science right. here are kids that are also like i mean they like it enough to go over to yeah. an old man's house to learn <laughs> about it. But, but like i that sort of top down thing i don't think is is necessarily the best for like instilling a I passion yeah or something. that's uh that's i wouldn't have thought of that but that makes absolute sense um mm-hmm. so now yeah, we're down I to sesame street mr rogers neighborhood and reading rainbow i i mean i I think we know who the two finalists are. I feel I feel bad, but like reading Rainbow's a it's a bronze medal, yo. Here here's why I think it doesn't measure up. I think that it is very hard. I remember two episodes of that show, and one of them I might have made up like those other shows. Mm-hmm. Might be might be a winky dink situation. One of them is the <laughs> is the hat store where he puts on different hats and gets transported places. That one I know is real. Then the yeah, other yeah. one, I think there's one where he takes you behind the scenes of Star Trek the Next Generation. Am I imagining that or it's a little yes. self-indulgent. Yeah, absolutely. They showed you how they did the teleportation effect. I I also have to wonder about like rewatchability. Like if if these shows are gonna be spanning time <laughs> for kids of various generations, I wonder about Reading Rainbow holding up because I think I was a kid. I didn't watch as much TV because I loved to read. I was reading all the time, and Reading Rainbow really did not stick with me. I mean, I recognized that it was a good show. But it just didn't have the staying power that just a lot of these the other question. shows. You should did. probably go yes. read. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I, yeah, just, I, I just went and read. I, I was also yeah, like a fair. voracious reader as a child, and sometimes I would watch it to try and get recommendations. Did not read one book that was recommended by a no. child on that show because they all felt the same. Like the the no. matter of Creepy Hollow is about three kids who maybe saw a ghost, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> um, man. <laughs> Or do you like porpoises? Here's a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, no, I don't think I do. Never mind. <laughs> also, those kids were unreliable critics because all of them liked everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no kid was like, I found this book derivative of the author's last word. <laughs> do you want to know about making amends and giving over to a higher power? Here's an <laughs> AA pamphlet that I found in the gutter. But don't take my word for it. There are 10 more steps waiting for you. <laughs> do you know what feet? are <laughs> he's can <laughs> don't take Zeno's word for it uh-huh. uh, okay so we haven't even talked about Sesame Street yet fine. yeah wait what are so <laughs> did you say it's fine fine I get it <laughs> why are you mad I'm not what's the no, matter no, I'm not mad uh it's like so all-encompassing isn't it mm-hmm. I mean like it's so big I I mean it, we, I, I don't think that we need to do too much to highlight the great things that Sesame Street has done. It's, no. As Sydney said, it's the only show that has, like, educational value, like, scientifically d- demonstrated mm-hmm. educational value. Although, wasn't there some research on Daniel, Daniel Tiger, Tiger did. Yeah, too, yeah. actually. They did a study on emotional intelligence. Um, Sydney made, when I was wondering, pondering outside before we started recording, like, what, how Sesame Street doesn't win. Sydney made a fairly compelling, There, there is one knock that I think, you could expand to other areas of Sesame Street, but 
I think, and a lot of people get really upset about this, and I'm not one of those, but everybody talks about when Elmo started on the show as a major downturn. And I don't think that I, I don't think I, I don't, I don't hate on Elmo. Elmo's fine. <laughs> um, Charlie likes Elmo fine. Of course she's three, but I do think that when I watch older episodes of Sesame street and the newer ones with Charlie, now there's so much more Elmo and that kind of like, it's, it's more, it's more similar to all the other shows that are on. It's more just, kids stuff and being kind of silly and that's good i mean i'm not saying that that doesn't belong there but i feel like the balance is shifting away from the older sesame street that was more i don't know that was more of an ensemble piece exactly exactly yes what is what is elmo's primary uh teaching function i guess Elmo learns more than he teaches, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that's the big difference is that Sesame Street was a show about talking to kids, adults and Mm -hmm. adult characters, older characters and puppets and stuff talking to kids. And then Elmo was the kid that all of a sudden joined the show. And now he has friends on the show that are his age, too, like Abby Cadabby and stuff that are that are also little kids. And, and so they're learning now in place of the just the audience at home learning. So he, you know, learns about having a good bedtime routine or, you know, the importance of sharing or whatever. But he's learned he's not teaching as much as he's the learner. Did he steal a lot of the thunder away from every other Muppet on that show? Because it feels like Big Bird was was a big child. So Big Bird was learning what it was to sort of grow up and then Bert and Ernie were more about sharing and compromise and getting along with one another. And they honestly, to me in the post Elmo era seem a little sad. Like I, I mean, I mean, I literally mean that like every once in a while, telly will just hove into view. Like, Hey, I'm still here. (laughs) All right. Telly. Okay. You're fine. You don't have kids. Don't love you. I get so excited if I see Big Bird or Snuffy because it's just they are. They're not nearly as big a part of it, and and it's it's very Elmo centric. Mm -hmm. Hashtag not my Sesame Street. (laughs) It really wasn't my Sesame Street. No, no. I I don't think Elmo existed. when I watched, but I was there when Mister Hooper died. Yeah, do you remember that? Boy, what a huge moment in television too. Like. We have to – kids have to know about this. Yeah. I mean they, they yeah. did dip it, uh, a lot more into that emotional intelligence in that moment when they held mm-hmm. the whole special and Big Bird singing I Cried When Mr. Hooper Died, which is sadly a very catchy rhyme. <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> at some point, somebody in the writer's room was like, I got it, which is really depressing to think about. But As a knock against Sesame Street, they did just like – since the HBO purchase, they cleared the deck of like several – um, elderly uh, cast members yes. that have been with the show forever and it does there is there is a cynical part of me that does wonder if part of the consideration was not hey listen we did the Mr. Hooper storyline already I'm not sure how much more water there is <laughs> in that particular well to go back Shame to all these Muppets friends die yeah <laughs> Big Bird singing I cried for the fourth time this month <laughs> right. It's been a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I again, uh, Sesame Street is a juggernaut. They they, yeah. they teach so many things, at, but at the same time, like you said, they've declined. Now HBO has them. It's completely different. It became the Elmo show for a while, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now, 
like the things that I loved in the show probably aren't there anymore. I don't know if the giant pinball mas- machine still shows up. One, two, three, four, five. No. Yeah, that's, that's gone. That is no. Forgetful Jones still there? Now it is. I will say this: it is still tremendously entertaining. Okay. Um, there are new characters that have come along that are cool and interesting, and um, um, there there are a lot of like really they do a lot of up to date pop culture stuff that's mm-hmm. fun. There was a, a I mean, uh, re- Cookie Monster does spoofs of every movie. That yeah, comes out that come, comes down the pipe. Yeah, so only, that's really fun. Only cookie centric. Mm-hmm. They had theme. a uh, <laughs> they had a uh, uh, a fake Comic Con called Numericon. Is that yeah, what it was? that was that was a, basically a Comic Con on Sesame Street that had like uh, Doctor Two was there. <laughs> Everybody was unveiling the new Doctor Two, and he came out and was yeah, it was very fun. It was that was fun. Yeah, they um, they definitely adjust to whatever time period they're in. So they remain sort of part of the zeitgeist. They don't they don't like they Mr. Rogers is timeless and Sesame Street is timely. So, yes, that's mm-hmm. a good point. What is what is more important? Do do kids care about timeliness? I think they probably do. That's the thing I keep coming back to is I have not, and I don't know because I haven't tested this. I have not shown Charlie an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I don't know if she'd watch it. Right. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would hold up today. Huh. I don't know. I, I mean, I have, maybe it would. Maybe it would be just as powerful, but. We may, yeah, we may just be getting nostalgic for our own childhoods. And as as wonderful as that show is, if you've got if Sesame Street, if if society changes and children, uh, the way to rear children changes, then Sesame Street changes. It just occurred to me. I, this what? is a real bummer what? that I'm like the guy who walks into a toy store and goes, all oh, this sucks. Where's Chris star? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's if 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 I advocate for Mr. Rogers, then I'm saying like it doesn't matter. Kids today don't know what's good for them. They should be watching that Mr. Rogers yeah. rather than saying, "Hey, this is something timely that's still speaking to children mm-hmm. and that's evolving in a in ways that I don't like because the stuff that I knew isn't there anymore." That doesn't mean it's become a bad show. In right? many ways, it's a framework. No. For uh, like a framework for storytelling, whereas Mister Rogers was that thing that it, it's it's like Saturday Night Live, uh, where you know there you've got this framework and things change as tastes and styles and knowledge of development changes, um, and that's what this is like. Sesame Street introduced the I love my hair, which just came out of a necessity of like oh little black girls have uh. This this guy, this little black girl who came home to her dad and was like, people uh, were not saying great things about my hair. And he was like, you have great hair. I'm going to write this uh, song for the show, which is how that song came about. And that song is uplifting wow. and powerful and great. Um, So, yeah, that's a great mark for that's one example of what Sesame Street can do. It's it's true, though, I, I will say on the Mr. Rogers end, I while maybe the show kids aren't watching today and aren't familiar with it as someone who was raised on the show and is now parenting a child, my parenting is influenced by watching Mr. Rogers when I was a kid. I think I 
am aware of things and make decisions about things and the way that I encourage Charlie to, it's okay that you're sad, be sad. Let's not, we don't have to cheer up and move on. Let's be sad right now and talk about why we're sad. And that is because of, I mean, not only, but largely because of that influence in my life. So I don't know if that, if the TV show reaching beyond. I I think that's, that's very powerful, but I think the power of that is more about the lessons and the spirit of the man which I would argue is continued in a beautiful fashion in Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. That's right? true. That's but true. like if that if that show, if Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood were the be all end all, then Daniel Tiger's neighborhood wouldn't necessarily need to be. I mean there's obviously like logistical issues there. But right. like I think that the the power of those lessons I think I would put above the stuff you learn on Sesame Street because I think it's more important. Mm-hmm. But it's like the fact that those lessons can transmute to a new TV show, you know what I mean? Like it's almost makes the show less important. Slightly, I mean, like the, not to detract the man from and it. the meanings. Right? Yeah, but, I get what you're saying. That makes yeah. sense. Like That's if fair. we're picking best dude, like sure, <laughs> Fred Rogers is up there. But I think he. I mean, the fact that Sesame Street is still Sesame Street and it's like weathered. Like you think about it, like kids today versus kids when Sesame Street launched thirty some odd years ago. Like that's unfathomable like it is it is stagger it is a staggering achievement that that show has remained where so many other shows have fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like we have our answer all right it's the most boring predictable one humanly possible I know. why I know. did this last an hour and 18 minutes it should have lasted 30 seconds what are hey, we doing welcome here? to we got this yeah this is what we this is what we do <laughs> frequently we know what the answer is going to be but we have to get to the uh the bronze right. and silver and uh runner-ups but now it's official yeah. right now, now it's scientific yeah. well it All will right. be right now People of the world, I don't like the new remix theme song. I don't care for all this Elmo business. I don't like all the new stuff. Grandpa, take your pills. I, no, I want pinball <laughs> machines that are animated. I want a guy falling down some stairs holding pies. And I want a kid taking his llama to the dentist. And somebody, and inexplicably in 1970s New York, I want parents just sending their child to the store to buy a bunch of groceries that that child has to remember. <laughs> what happens if the kid doesn't remember to get a quart of milk and a stick of butter and a loaf of bread and a dozen eggs? I don't know, but it probably involves a pillowcase and some oranges. Guys, <laughs> Sesame Street is going to be 50 years old in two years. For almost 50 years, it has been a standard bearer in children's programming. It revolutionized the game and – uh, it gave us lovable characters. They waited to license. And uh, here's something interesting is Jim Henson allowed the licensing of the Muppet characters on that show, which he owned, only if the profits went directly back into the workshop for programming. So it became a self-sustaining business even when public television money wasn't coming on time. When they would get all their entire $2 million grant at the end of the year, they found a way to keep it going. And now yeah. they're on HBO, so you can watch – the Sopranos, <laughs> and, first the pen, and then just hop over and see what Elmo and Zoe are up to. That's that's the staying power of the greatest kid show of all time. You knew it before we even started the episode. So don't – if you have any – just find Mark. Just send him – I'll give you his home address. Send him letters yep. if you have a problem with there's something that you, that you didn't hear. But the greatest kid show of all time is Sesame Street asked and answered. Um, Justin, Sydney, 
Thank you for coming on our show. This was a treat. We've been trying to do this for months. Oh, thanks for having yeah, us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, please tell everybody uh, about I, – I mean, I can't imagine there are people listening to our show that don't also listen to Sawbones. But if they're not, they should be. Please tell them about the show. For sure. It's a medical history podcast. Sydney's a physician. Uh, and she teaches me about all the weird – terrible ways that we've tried to fix people over the years and justin gets grossed out and <laughs> freaks out about it yep. <laughs> that's awesome uh everybody please listen to sawbones and, and tell everybody uh where they can find you online where should they be looking to find uh both uh, your podcast episodes and live shows and where twitter anything everything plug it all McElroy shows m-c-e-l-r-o-y shows.com has links to pretty much everything our family does. Uh, Sydney also does a show with her sister, sisters called Still Buffering, another great Maximum Fun uh, product about teen life. And also on uh, Max Fun is my show, My Brother, My Brother, Me, and The Adventure Zone. And and we have a lot of shows. So McElroyShows.com. And then on Twitter, I'm at Justin McElroy. And I'm at Sydney McElroy. S-Y-D-N-E-E. Thank you, honey. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, thank you again for joining us. Please, will you come back at some point, please? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, we'd love Nailed to. Nailed it. That is a binding contract. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Robert Monroe for suggesting this topic. But there are so many others, and we want to hear from you. So uh, shoot us an email. We got this podcast at gmail.com. Or come to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Or you can check out the Maximum Fund subreddit. Or you can check out Twitter. We are on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Thank you to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And of course, thank you to you, our listeners. Um, we would love to sit and watch Sesame Street with you. How much do I love you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve million units of loving you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland, and don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.